Hello everybody and welcome to Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. My name is John O'Pierce and in this podcast I want to share how having a Christian faith has brought hope and meaning and purpose to my life. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 131 of Bite-Sized Chunks of Faith. It's great to have your company with us today and if you're joining us for the very first time, you're especially welcome. Don't forget to check out our back catalogue of episodes wherever you receive your podcasts. Uh, You'll find that there's lots of episodes there about all sorts of things. It includes some interviews with interesting people and it includes lots of episodes which just try to share about why having a Christian faith brings hope and meaning and purpose to my life. And if you're searching for faith, we're, we're always delighted to have your company because sometimes maybe there's something just clicks into place when we hear different stories of faith or other people's experience. I wanted to share in this week's episode a little bit about a few reflections on the life of an evangelist. If you're new to the podcast or if you're somebody who's searching for faith, um, an evangelist essentially is somebody who tries to to share their faith in the good news of Jesus Christ. And I guess on a lot of levels, it's a pretty uh, challenging task to be an evangelist, to proclaim to the world around us that we believe that we have something uh, in terms of our belief system that has made a difference and that can actually transform people's lives. Lately, I have been uh, spending a little bit of time with uh, an evangelist that's visiting our diocese where I I work at the present time. The evangelist's name is Greg Downs. And if you'd like to hear a little bit more about Greg's work, you should check out episode 127 uh, in the podcast when I did a little interview with Greg prior to his arrival in Northern Ireland. Essentially, over the the month of September, uh, Greg is spending this month uh, in Northern Ireland, uh, in the Diocese of Down and Dumore. He started off by doing some Bible teaching um, at, at an event called the Bishop's Bible Week. He was preaching at a retreat for those who are about to be ordained. And over the course of this month, he's been speaking at all sorts of events, healing services, outreach events, uh, doing some training with pioneer evangelists. He's been spending time mentoring those who uh, are evangelists. Uh, he's been having one-on-one conversations with, with pastors and praying for them and sharing at all sorts of events for for young people, for elderly people and um, all sorts of different groups. And, and um, when, I, when I think about Greg's itinerary for this month, Um, It's really quite a challenging itinerary. And uh, he spoke last night at a a service uh, which I was involved in, a service of choral evensong. And that would be quite a traditional kind of service. Uh, It involved a robed choir and they were were singing uh, 
sacred songs, I guess, called, called canticles that are based on scripture. They were singing a psalm and they were singing responses. And there's something quite, I guess, peaceful and, and maybe cerebral about that kind of, of more formal liturgical service. And uh, Greg just, just fitted very comfortably into that. He has a background, I think, himself as a chorister. He, he loves sacred music. Uh, he loves contemporary Christian music as well. But he, he, he blended right in very nicely. And uh, what happened at that service uh, was quite interesting in that due to uh, an administrational uh, error, he was given the, the wrong readings. Normally at, at Coral Evensong, um, the readings would be the readings appointed for the day. And for whatever reason, he was given the wrong uh, reading and he had to adapt very quickly uh, to, to prepare another sermon, uh, which he did. And uh, as he often does on these occasions, after he shared his sermon, he gave people the invitation if they wish to respond to Christ and to give their lives to him. And uh, two people responded at the service, which was encouraging. Uh, but he also had the chance to pray with other people. And uh, just the way he, he conducted himself and shared his life, I think, had quite a, a, a significant impact on people. And when I've been speaking with Greg uh, in the interview we did for the podcast, and even in preparation for um, last night's service, um, the variety of the, the, the events that he's speaking at really struck me, um, that, that he has to be prepared to adapt to all sorts of circumstances, different churches, different buildings, um, different approaches. And in, in every situation, um, Greg is, is sufficiently uh, adaptable, that he's, he's prepared to blend in and try and learn something about the cultural context into which he's going to be speaking. And uh, I just I love the, the humility with which he does that and the seriousness with which he approaches that. And uh, I I just I've been very challenged myself recently. I've had to go and speak in a few different churches and, and I'm quite a, a creature of habit and I kind of feel out of my comfort zone when I'm in a strange church and and. Uh, I find, you know, I don't know where the microphones are, how do they work? And I get myself worked up about little things like that. Or if I'm celebrating communion in a different church, do they do things a bit differently to the way we normally do them where I am? All these things can cause a little bit of anxiety or a challenge within my own preparation. And so one of the things about the work in evangelist is that they've got to be very flexible and very adaptable. Uh, the other thing which has struck me about Greg's work um, particularly is that he's spending quite significant amounts of time away from home. So his home is in the, the Cotswolds in England and uh, during the course of his time in Northern Ireland he's he's been home I think for a couple of days. He had to conduct a wedding in, in England of his goddaughter and his family were able to come and meet him there. But just every time he leaves, that must be so difficult, uh, not just for him, but for his wife and for his daughters. And uh, there is that, that sense in which he's very often having to 
to leave be behind the most precious people in his life as he tries to, to share the good news with others. And, and there's a, a very significant element of, of sacrifice involved in that. And, and I've been very uh, humbled and touched by his willingness to do that. And I'm sure there are nights when uh, he just longs for the company of his loved ones instead of speaking at yet another event or having to um, adapt again to a different environment. And as part of his his time here, he's had to stay in different people's homes. And while it's lovely to, to receive hospitality, um, it's not quite the same as being in your own home and maybe just wanting to, to go into your own living room, uh, grab the remote control for the TV and settle yourself down to watch a little bit of something to unwind. Uh, maybe there's a sense when you are a travelling evangelist that, that you almost always have to be prepared to, to, to speak to people or to adapt and, and just very rarely get time to yourself. Uh, the other thing which has been very striking to me is the very, very significant amount of preparation that goes into every talk, every event. And um, Greg is somebody who loves the scriptures and he takes his preparation very seriously. And, and you would be aware of that as you listen to each of his presentations and um, that, that they're, they're particularly adapted for the uh, situation into which he's speaking and he just always seems to have found illustrations or stories um, that seem to be very applicable, very relevant to the audience with which he is sharing. So th there are lots of challenges in the life of an evangelist and I, I heard a lovely story about a well-known American evangelist called D.L. Moody recently and he was somebody who was very committed to, to prayer and reputedly he used to keep a list of 100 people who he prayed for daily to become Christians and as one of these 100 people um, gave their lives to Christ he would, he would take them off his list but in the meantime, he would keep praying daily for these 100 people. And by the time D.L. Moody died, 96 people on his prayer list had their names ticked off. That He'd been praying for them, for some of them, over his entire life. And they had made that decision to follow Jesus in their lives. And remarkably and indeed beautifully at his funeral service, the four people who hadn't at that point given their lives to Christ uh, did so after hearing the address at D.L. Moody's funeral service. So one of the, the very striking things about the life of an evangelist is that you are a person of prayer. And not just kind of once off prayer, but steady, persistent prayer where you pray for the very best for people's lives. You want to see their lives changed. You want to see them receive Christ and you want to see people following Christ. 
and that's the passion that's at the heart of of every evangelist's calling. Uh, D.L. Moody again, that that famous uh, American evangelist, uh, had a saying that's attributed to him, where he said, "Every great work of God begins with someone on their knees," and again, it's that call to faithful and to persistent prayer that's at the heart of the work of an evangelist. So I don't know about you, but since I have become uh, aware of these things and and, uh, maybe through my own circumstances in recent times where I've had to preach in a few different places or lead services, sometimes at short notices um, in other churches, uh, our own work in the church uh, means that our church building is out of commission at the present time. So we've had funeral services in, in other churches. Uh, last night we had this service of choral evensong in another church. And everywhere you go, you just have to adapt and learn how things work. And one of the lovely things uh, I have found is that people uh, who are setting you up or who are assisting you are more than helpful and more than gracious. But it does still cause that that bit of anxiety as you you go to be somewhere else than you, you normally are. And even in our own church hall at the moment where all our services are happening, uh, we have to set up differently for different services, different events within the hall. And it's trying to keep your head around all that's happening And I guess for an evangelist, they're doing this all the time and it takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. So do please pray for those who have that gift and also who have that that calling uh, to be an evangelist. We're all uh, to a greater or lesser extent called to be evangelists and to share our faith with others. But there are some who have a particularly anointed gift in this direction. So as I think of my interactions with with Greg over this past month or so, as he's spent time in our diocese, um, I've been praying for for him, uh, for his health, for his safety in travel. Um, I've been praying for his wife and for his family um, in his absence, that they too would know um, the presence of God and the support and the strength of Jesus uh, in their daily lives. And I've been praying too for all these events at which Greg is sharing that, that many will give their lives to Christ and, and will perhaps encounter him in a new way or in a fresh way. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing to hear of, of many responses over this past number of weeks uh, since Greg has has been here and maybe again in all the training that he's doing he's equipping other people to uh, share their faith in an appropriate way in the context in which they live and work and let's not forget that that call underlying the work of an evangelist the call to persistent uh, passionate prayer uh, remembering just how important and central it is uh, to have that gift of faith in Christ and to be privileged enough to, to pass it on and to share it with others. Well, that's all for this week. 
Thank you for listening, and if you were kind enough to hit follow or subscribe, or even leave a review wherever you get your podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. Join me again next week for another bite-sized chunk of faith.